So our Nepal team just got back, so we are super excited to hear testimonies of all that the Lord did. So I'm going to pass it off to Pastor Tom. Well, thank you, thank you. It's really good to be home. Um, who can tell me what this is? Well, it's a hat, but can you be a little more specific? It's actually a traditional Nepali hat. They wear it. Uh, so we've, we've been given a lot of hats and a lot of flowers. I thought I could open a floral shop when we, between India and Nepal. And so that's the traditional one. The more formal Nepali hat, their uh, emblem is the, the knives that are crossed. And uh, they wear this one as a more formal hat. So we got several of those as well. Well, I just for visitors that may not know, we, uh, we spent 17 days. There were 10 of us that uh, literally went around the world. We, uh, we left March 1st. Um, we visited three countries. First, we went to India, then on to Nepal, and then on to China. Uh, we literally did go around the world. My, in fact, some of us have been, I've been up since 2.30. My, bio, my biological clock says, what are you doing to me? You know, we went to every time zone in the world. So uh, we flew, we, we left at 5 a.m. on the 1st, drove to Raleigh as a team, took a, an airline to JFK, then flew to Delhi, then on to uh, Vijiwada with an hour and a half ride to Machili Putnam, which is where our main um, churches and our orphanages are there, uh, our seminary in India. We spent several days ministering there, we did a pastor's conference, then uh, visited our children, vi opened up two new churches, uh, had some interesting times with some Hindu persecution, actually had to leave one of our churches rather rapidly. Uh, our national pastor said, okay, it's time for us to go. And because um, if you pray near a Hindu temple, you can be arrested and incarcerated for up to several years. So, uh, but we, uh, the pastors there, Pastor Moses, a fearless guy, had been beat up, thrown out of his town. They purchased uh, some land for him, and uh, he's been building a church, in fact. Uh, so that was an experience. Then we drove to another church, and then several hours, several days, uh, driving to Vashikapatman, and then flew to Delhi on to Kathmandu, Nepal. Took a six-hour, unbelievable ride. <laughs> Thank you for your prayers. I, I'm, I've been in Nairobi and some of those play, but this was yipes. And so, uh, in fact, the the, the uh, Land Rover ride up into to the Himalayas, six hours, looking over several thousand feet, was not as wild as woolly as the one riding from to Kathmandu to Badapur, which is where our uh, main base and, and church is in uh, in uh, the village there in, in Badapur. And so. We then spent some time with, uh, went to our pig farm, uh, visited several pastors, and we saw our children at the home. They sang for us at night, and um, then we went up into the Himalayas, spent an overnight in the Himalayas, uh, prayed with our believers there. Everywhere we went, um, God just showed up. We knew this time we had a lot of prayer cover. In fact, the networks that many of you are associated with, I think three-quarters of the church promised to pray for us daily, and we really appreciate it. We we were on 10 different planes and uh, every time zone. On the way back, we flew uh, from Kathmandu uh, to sh several things in China. Ended up in Shanghai at 2 a.m. in the morning. A taxi ride at over 110 miles per hour. Um, the only time I saw T get excited, he was sitting in the front seat. Ginny and I were in the back seat praying in tongues. And T finally, <laughs> T finally said to the, to the driver, who you know, spoke Chinese, Slow down. <laughs> and T doesn't show a lot of emotion, but I could tell he was excited about that one. 
And so, uh, yeah, we got to the to the, a very nice um, hotel in Shanghai. It turns out the U.S. dollar is seven to one. So we were able to still stay in a really nice uh, hotel in Shanghai for a couple of days. Did a tour of the of uh, old China with one of our guides there, and it was just amazing. Came back. My wife has been on the throne all day. Not the throne room you'd like. So she won't be here with us this morning. I know that's probably TMI for you, but um, she's she's adjusting. So, but the nine team members. Um, fortunately for this trip, the the iPhones really do well and. T was our photographer, so this morning I was up 2.30 of praying, and what do I do? So I looked at all our videos, and I've clipped together, and, and uh, Jacob has put together, uh, kind of going to have that, we'll see how it works, and then uh, Josh Hildebrand put together, when, when the team starts sharing, we're just going to let that run behind us. I wanted to, um, to try, kind of acknowledge a couple of things scripturally, as we... Um, the 10 team members that traveled these 17 days, we gathered with 350 pastors. There were 170 from India, and their pastors and wives spent two days with them there. We had some troubles with the Hindu government, and uh, fortunately we were able to get, because of the favor of some of our leaders there, uh, we were able to uh, do the two days that we thought we could do. Um, and then we went to Nepal, spent 170 of our pastors and wives came. We would have had more. 26 of our pastors were unable to come. 11 of them were injured in a bus accident. Some have traveled uh, literally from one side of Nepal to the other. Um, the guys in India traveled, I think, was 35 hours by train. Um, our pastors in Nepal, some of them traveling from the remote areas, travel literally days, two days to get there. And uh, their bus was in an accident, fortunately, uh, even though there were uh, several really seriously hurt, especially the bus driver, all of our pastors and leaders were released in uh, minor injuries. So we thank God for that. The, um, we would have had a two-day conference in Nepal, but due to the Hindu festival, there's a, the Hindu government now has taken really control over both India and Nepal, and you can be praying for that. There's an election in May in Nepal. But uh, they've really cracked down. We used to be able to pray with our children in uh, our orphanage. We have 41 children in our orphanage in Nepal. Um, but because of the restrictions now, when they come to the church, we can pray for them. But they restrict us now from even mentioning the name Jesus in the orphanage, even though it's a Christian or orphanage registered with the, Indian, uh, with the Nepali government. So lots of uh, prayer requests there. The, uh, they shut down everything during the festival. So we loaded up early morning, uh, cut our uh, days of the conference short by one day, got on a bus and quickly left town to get to Kathmandu so that we could get out um, because you could be held up for days and uh, there's not a lot of positive things going on there. The Maoist party, um, we were riding rickshaws. We couldn't even get buses to our church to do to do the service on the Saturday morning in Nepal, so we had to take rickshaws. I don't know. We have pictures. I don't know if you'll see them this morning, of us riding rickshaws. There's then police in full riot gear, AKs, armor, and then you have the Maoist party, who is the three major parties there. The Maoist party, um, they were they were afraid. They were concerned that there might be a breakout of a riot. So, all of that being said, the gospel went forward. Um, we saw. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. We saw the demon eyes set free. Um, 
I don't know if we'll capture the one. We had several that were just uh, amazing. We had some words that came through about expect signs and wonders. That day we went to a church in India, and the Lord just opened up, and I think there were four or five that said they could hear when they couldn't hear, and one blind eye that said they could see. And so the Lord was uh, really incredible. But I think the majority of this trip was about baptism in the Holy Ghost and hundreds upon hundreds. Um, I've captured some of it on film. But let me read to you just a couple of these testimonies came in this morning about, uh, I guess it was last night around 10 o'clock. He translated, I have it on video of our, some of our pastors from India. And um, it, it's cute how, they, how it translates. But this uh, is sent to... Uh, from, uh, from them to us is, praise the Lord, uh, top spiritual team from Global River Church America arranged, let us acknowledge the Lord to become God's approved worker conference on March 3rd and 4th, 2017 in Machili Putnam Global River Ministries. I am a pastor in Global River and I attended this. Those messengers are from God. It was tasty, tasty and very tasty with spiritual flavor. Everybody touched. I am proud of having these kind of spiritual speakers and prayer warriors. Many were healed in the time of fire terminal prayer. That was a fire tunnel, but they called it fire terminal prayer. I love it. After this conference, I was changed. Glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Special thanks to Global River America and GRM, uh, Global River Ministries India. Testimony number two says, on 3rd and 4 March, I did attend the Global River Ministry Conference I was touched by Holy Spirit anointing, strengthened, awakened. God's touched my nation. When all were praying in the fire terminal, I was healed from heart problems. My walls were open to the glory of God. I want these kinds of conferences every year. Glory to God. Special thanks, Global River, Pastor Tom Hauser and Team USA, and GRM Director, Sir Abendigo. Testimony three. On March 3 and 4, conference spirit-filled leaders from Global River Church America taught us how pastors should live taught us and become God's approved workers. When I said the good news about the conference to other pastors, they were jealous and request me next time to go with them. Please take us also. When the team prayed, Holy Spirit moved in a special way, touched, healed, burned, and brought revival in us. We are now carrying continually this to our churches. Thousands and thousands of praise. Special thanks, President Global River Church, Pastor Tom, Team America. Grateful thanks to Indian Director, Reverend Dr. Abendigo for their conferences. Testimony four, I, I came to conference with the help of a stick. He was actually walking injured, and others helped me. After the conference, I threw down my stick, and I'm walking and jumping because I met with an accident. During the firewall prayer, God touched me, and I was healed, anointed, psychologically strengthened, emotionally healed. God has done these miracles through my Global River family of America. Praise the Lord. Final testimony. At conference, every teachings were awesome, encouraged, took out depressions, and strengthened all. I was personally experienced God's healing hand. My parents were sick. His pastor gave testimony. He was not going to come because they were so ill. He had to care for his parents. But he decided anyway. So my parents were sick when I came at the conference. And after the conference, I went home. And they did receive me with smiles and full health. During the fire terminal, the Lord did healed, touched and gave me fresh anointing, am forever thankful to God. Now revival has started in my life and my church. Glory to God Almighty. Special thanks to the GRC team.
let me make this a legal meeting, and let me give you a couple of scriptures. First of all, why do we do this, okay? It, it, first of all, the Great Commission uh, is not a suggestion, right? Probably a familiar scripture, but let me just remind you. Want to turn with me to Matthew 28. This is Jesus' red letter just before he leaves. He gives his disciples a command, and then he tells them to tell all those who will come after him. This is Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They will speak with new languages. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. They'll drink anything poisonous. It won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they'll be healed. When the Lord Jesus finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down at the place of honor at the right hand, and disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked with them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Psalm 2.8, we often quote this. It says, only ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. King James says, only ask of me, and I will give you the heathens as your inheritance. Any of those that are unsaved is a heathen. So you're either one or the other. You're either born again, saved, and in the book of life, or you're not. And he says, ask of me, and I will give you those as your inheritance, and we will present them before the Lord. And final scripture, um, well, two scriptures. Let's turn to Romans 10.9. In Romans 10.9, it's the scripture that says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with the heart that you are made right with God, and by confessing with your mouth, you're saved. As the scriptures, anyone who trusts in him will, be, will never be disgraced. Jew or Gentile, the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him, save someone, unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. But not everyone, who, but not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Those, there was, not everyone believes the message. So faith comes by hearing and by hearing the good news of Christ. Final scripture in 1 Samuel, and this is the one I pray for our church. And every, Not everybody can go. I understand that, but everybody can pray and you can help in the resourcing of it. In uh, David made a great example of this when he came back from the plunder and there was certain warriors who had gone and defeated the enemy and they came back and those who were holding on to the plunder said, we're not sharing it with those who didn't go. David said, that's not the way it is. First Samuel chapter 30, First Samuel 30 and beginning in verse 24. 
1 Samuel 30, verse 34 says, 24 says, Who will listen then when we ask this? We will share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made a decree and a regulation for Israel, and it is followed today. Those who go capture the actual plunder on the front lines, bring it back, and they share with those who stay behind and guard all the equipment. And then it goes on and says these gifts, they in fact went further. In verse 27, the gifts were then shared with the people, and they are also shared with the elders. So when we come, you know, it's quite an endeavor to put this together, to get the resource to go. And, and uh, However, we will see an explosion. We already saw 45 churches planted last year after the earthquake. 25, years, uh, 25 churches the year before. So this is going to be an explosion um, that's going to take place. And so I just thank all of you who prayed for us, all of you who stood with us, and uh, it's good to be home. What I'd like to... Uh, I may try to narrate. This is the first time we're doing this. Praise God, my iPhone. We'll see if it works. I've pieced together just a snippet of all the different countries. So we'll see how this goes. Jacob, let's try to put this together. And then um, when the team comes up to share, we'll throw the different pictures behind that uh, Josh Hildebrand has put together. These are our children, our orphans. We call them treasures. We brought them to the seminary one night, and they sang for us. Just take a look at their eyes. in the pastor's conference in the hotel and uh, notice Pastor Willie and I are trying to dance with the guys. This is in India. Graduated 26 of them. This is in a church in India. The Holy Spirit fell. Sorry, it's upside down. Right? They stayed in revival praying for eight hours after. This is the church where we had to get out of there quickly due to Hindu persecution. But you can see the Holy Spirit all over their faces.
We were dedicating this church. It's uh, been in construction for six years. He needs about $8,300 to finish it. He lives in a, uh, a house filled with feed bags, and the snakes come in at night. And he lives there with his wife and two children. His wife was ready to quit. She got encouraged and baptized and just filled up and ready to continue the fight. But they stayed for eight hours after we left, just praising God. That's our India leader there on the right. Right there. This is at Mom the pig farm. place, our farm. We have a 10-year lease. We're six years into a 10-year lease here. It's a major um, money producer for the ministry. We have uh, hogs here. One over there we'll get a video of is about 400 pounds. Uh, we'll bring about $300 U.S., $250, $300 U.S. currency. Our fish, uh, we have in our other pig farm, which is less than a mile away, we have uh, about 2,000 fish in the pond. We harvest them once a year. It's very profitable. We, we rent just short of an acre of land for about $350 a year. We pay our worker between $80 and $100 a month to, to work it. And uh, when we harvest the pigs, we had, I think, 45 pigs at one time here. It just produces money that we can then use for the ministry. So Pastor Prem's papa, he's 75. Um, he was trained as a pig farmer, and uh, so this is their home. Very simple. They have uh, just uh, the bedroom, storehouse of feed for the animals, and then their kitchen and out. So we also have our rice fields here that we'll, we'll harvest uh, during the year. And so um, we have a little bit of a difficulty right now because our pigs, when you have 45 pigs at feeding time, it gets noisy. Some of the neighbors are complaining, so we're trying to figure out, do we move this farm over to the more remote farm? Um, but uh, it's really been a real blessing. And Pastor Prem's papa, he's now feeding the goat over there. Um, he had converted from being a Hindu to Christianity uh, after Mama Thapa got healed. and, and uh, so. But yesterday... She was walking at the other pig farm, and a dog came up and bit her on the arm, and we couldn't find the dog, so they had to start a series of rabies shots for her. So we just prayed for her. So this uh, this has been a major blessing. Uh, we started six years ago, and it has produced uh, a lot of. We've sent some of our children to college on this pig farm, and so. In fact, these are our girls. 
Mama speaking to them, but these are our girls. This young lady just finished graduated four years of college, and she's going to be going to her uh, master's program in theology. So, and these are our girls. We call them our treasures. Uh, various ages. This is uh, Pastor Prem's biological son and biological daughter. And then, but we make no distinction there. He doesn't like to say anything. They're all his children. Uh, but he started the um, orphanage. The mama and papa do donated their home and their land at the orphanage, which we'll see later. And uh, it's just been amazing blessing. And so uh, we've the 41 girls that have now grown up and are growing up in the ministry um, are just an amazing blessing to us to watch what God is doing. So we thank God for this place and what he's doing here. Amen. I'm ready to head up, and we've got two Land Rovers. I think we have 22 About ready to take a six-hour ride up to the Land Rover. Heading up the mountain. That's Bishop Hogan. This is Hogan's Tours. <laughs> he is not the, driving, Bishop by the way. Bishop Hogan. Bishop Hogan. Bishop Hogan. Bishop Hogan. Bishop Hogan. India, they called him a bishop. This is our other Land Rover here. This is Miss Glenna. She she robs banks on the side. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Praise God. Yeah. So this is her the, breath stinks, so we make her wear the mask. <laughs> this is the uh, kind of the last stop before we head up the mountain. So we have about five hours before we get to our village there. So. Now this is on the mountain. There's my wife in her hammock. This is the ladies' quarters. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. It's the yeah. women's dorm team. Oh. Kids All right, we're out. We're out. All right. Yeah, the story of this, if, um, when we first came here, Pastor Prem said, can we, we have a few believers, can we build a church? So we built the Mud Church, and this was where I came and I preached here. They had a 12-volt battery and a microphone. And we had about 40 of our believers here. But we fed the village, and the Hindus came and they lined the mountain. You can see it almost, I felt like it was um, a sermon on the mount. And I preached, and when I gave the altar call, over 40 of them came to Christ. So our church instantly doubled in size. So we had to build another church up on the hill. We dedicated that with a Hindu congressman a few years ago gathering and the church grew again but the story when we were here the first time pastor prim's daddy owns the land up there he grew up in this region and pastor prim used to sit on the mountain when he was a boy and pray that god would bring the christians i guess the lord heard his prayer <laughs> and so the first time here we hiked up it was about i think six miles there was no roads here we hiked in and when my wife and one of the other ladies got out of the Land Rover, the little children who have not been off the mountain, because our school is just the over the rise here. We have, a, at that time, 90 children, and one of our teachers is there. The children started to run away. So I asked them, um, why, why is it that they're running from, from us? says, they've never seen a white woman before. And so I said, why? So this tree, we were standing by this tree, Pastor Prem, we brought the grandfather, the father, and the grandson. And I said, 
how long has it been since a Western missionary has been here? And all three of them said they could never remember ever having one come here. So it's been a real blessing. And that tomorrow, I believe, will be the tree we want to dedicate. We're going to take communion here and, and just uh, ask the Lord to continue to bless the land. So this is a special place. The wind blows here in the Holy Spirit. I'm so great. Pastor Willie is organizing. This is our sleeping quarters on the mountain in Himalaya. Pastor Prim. This is our national leader of Nepal. Pastor Prim. Cut up the vegetables. We're about five or six thousand feet up. Pastor Mike. <laughs> or Lee or Hogan and Jonathan. They're trying to find a place where Jonathan can put his hammock. A safe place. Because he just did funniest home videos in Nepal for all of everybody. The hammock collapsed. <laughs> it's truly a beautiful place. Your Pastor Mike. <clears throat> Take this on video. I just want to, this truly a beautiful, it's running. Truly a beautiful place. When you look at the, all the terraced land, I wonder how many centuries it took to do that all by hand. Truly amazing. So I thank God for this place. Pastor Willie is uh, organizing the fire brigade to cook our vegetables. The last time we were here, the men built us an outhouse, squatty potty, and they hooked up water from the top of the hill. So now we have, it's not a flush toilet, but it's, it's due, it works. It's better than the bush. <laughs> so Miss Addie. Yes. Interview Miss Addie. What do you think of this hey, place, Miss Addie? You know what? I really like it. It's awesome. <laughs> it is different from, from the bush. Do you ever think from uh, Carolina Beach that you'd be here? Never. <laughs> she started going on the edge of the mountains. Wow. started going it's, to the it's nations. It's awesome. Pastor, hey, the dream and visions came true. Pastor Tom was leading to the nations, and here we are. She was around the world once she was we get to China. Before that, she got her passport. That's right. 60 before I got on my mission overseas. Wow. And now we've been How old around now, the world. Ann? I'm 73. I'll be 73 in June. So she's been wow. traveling with us for 13 years. That's right. Wow. Man. We've been many places. Almost 20 mission trips. I can't that's even remember. That's awesome. Awesome. So. And now I got all my babies with me. Lord, this is awesome. <laughs> this is wonderful. Yes. Praise the Lord. A real adventure. Amen. Now we're getting ready to fix some food. Amen. Pastor Willie, what are you doing? I'm making some food for the American and everyone here in the park. That's our... Pastor Prem said, told me, you're the chef, you're the chef. You're the chef tonight. Yes. Praise God. So. 
guys are setting up a hammock to blow in the wind. This is our little outhouse, just so everybody knows we have all the comforts of home. Almost. <laughs> no showers, but it's okay. i show you. This is a squatty potty, which is nice, better than the bush, with a little water to flush. Pastor Prem's biological son, who doesn't make a distinction between his biological children and the others. They're all his children, him and Alicia. This is in our church, our main church. Those are our girls, some of our girls. The Holy Spirit fell in this meeting. meeting all of our pastors and leaders in Nepal in uh, the center of town. The Holy Spirit started to fall. Those are our girls being baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's Pastor Prem's wife. She's the mama on the left there. our national leader's wife, Elisa. She's an amazing mother. The Hindus poisoned her when she was a girl and she survived. have a more extensive, I want to invite the team up now to come and just share. And
Ms. Glenna, why don't you go first? <laughs> For all of what you just heard, I'm so grateful to have been asked by God to go. And there were some times where I questioned it because illness started hitting me, but I knew God had called me to go and I was going to go. And so I was totally healthy on my trip. And what most of all was, I think we didn't mention yet, but at several of the conferences, there were at least 37 salvations, which just, just made it so worthwhile to be there, to be able to tell the people about the Lord and see them receive Christ as their Savior. And in addition to that, I just was so grateful to be able to see the girls again in Nepal. Um, I had seen them on my last trip and see how they grew in the Lord, and they made me this outfit, so I felt so special. So, And this is pretty much what they wear there. And they're just the love, and they always took care of me. One especially um, took care of me really well and had asked for specific prayers to the congregation. I also want to thank everybody for praying for us. I especially want to thank Tracy Hogan. She drove us to the airport and Raleigh, and she came back. So that saved us half the money because she drove it back. And then she was there to pick us up. And thanks to Dela, who was there in that morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. And she was there that night to receive us back at midnight and all of the Spanish church that was there to greet us back and give us the welcome and the balloons. And thank you all for your prayers. One of the things that uh, the first was shot we saw, there was an earthquake April 25th of 2015. And uh, Kathmandu, over 18,000 killed. Um, and the, still, the, the infrastructure is really, really destroyed in Kathmandu. You can see it. Some of the roads are still. And while we were there, um, there was a homeless camp that had been there for over two years. And they bulldozed it the day we were there and sent everybody away. So, Praise the Lord. Good morning. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I'm not going to talk too much. But it's been a blessing to be on this trip. God has done great and mighty things. We had a plan, but God undone the plan. And, 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 and I tell you what, we went in these places and stayed just for a few minutes. And Pastor Tom taught on the Holy Spirit. And these people began to speak in tongues. And that was my, you know, just to learn truth. They got a lot of tradition. Husbands don't know how to treat their wives and their pastors and stuff like that. And you know my heart desire is for man to know the truth because the truth will set them free. So we got, we broke up a little bit of that tradition in these men. But to see God, these people get saved, thinks of God, let me tell you something. We Americans are some small folks. We depend on many things. But these people look for the Americans to come so they can set them free. They know they're going to be set free. But when at the time that you just touch them, the Holy Ghost comes on them. It's been an honor, pleasure, and we thank y'all so much for all your prayers because we know prayers is what brought us back home because we were in lots of danger in these places. But Pastor Tom, God bless him, led me to the nations. And I tell you what, I'm 73 and been around the world. And God have kept me well. 
and it is a blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. We thank God for this man. He's an awesome, he's an awesome outreach pastor. He takes good care of his sheep, and we love him so much, him and Jenny. We love you. I don't know if you saw it, we graduated 26 from our seminary. Um, we started out, four of them completed a three-year program, and some went through what we call a crash course. Many of them will go into places where it is extremely dangerous. And so it was just a blessing. And I think uh, Glenna mentioned it. In two of our outreaches, we had 34 and 36, right, Jonathan? He was my counter. 34 and 36 received Christ, so that was awesome. 36. Okay, who's next? Pastor Willie? going to share my biggest highlight. It was the night at the last conference in Nepal. Um, earlier, Pastor Tom had spoke about, um, earlier Pastor Tom had spoke about, you know, the the, the girls not being able to, to be hugged and be prayed over. Well, God opened up a, a door, and um, after the dinner at the conference, um, I was able to sit, sit in a circle with um, the, the girls and you know, a couple of the younger guys and just, you know, just share with them and just love on them. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit fell and, you know, we, we were able to pray together and just really connect. And it was, it was truly amazing. This was Jonathan and Alicia's first trip. And uh, one of the things that happened, we were in Kathmandu the last night there and Jonathan went to get a massage after being his bones rattled on the on the Himalayas, right? And he told me at breakfast, I think it was, he kept saying as a masseuse, he was, praise Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. She finally said to him, he says, who's this Jesus you keep thanking? Got to witness the door opened wide. At the end of that, he grabbed her hands and the Holy Spirit fell on her. She got her eyeballs about this big. And so, yeah, a witness, come on. All right, I've been up all night, so just bear with me, and I already gave them permission to cut me off if I talk more than five minutes, because I'm a talker once I get going. Now, I only had one cup of coffee. <laughs> so I was the baby on this trip. Um, 11 months ago, I was still smoking pot. I was struggling with bulimia, and I was desperately seeking the Lord, and I came into Global River April 20th, so next month it'll be a year. And I just went on my first missions trip around the world. So the message that I have for you is that if you seek Jesus with all of your heart and all of your soul, he is going to break everything off of you that is going to keep you or hinder you from being the greatest thing that you can be in his eyes and work for him. You need to imagine that this church has no walls because it doesn't. We are a part of a group of people that are the church and that spans this entire globe. We need 
to remember that not only do we have this church, but we also have the Spanish church. We have no walls here, and we need to start thinking that way. My life is forever changed from this trip. And if you can't go on a missions trip, if you can't travel the nations, talk to those of us that have gone. Talk to our pastors. We have two pastors that are missions. They are missionaries, and they just happen to be pastors. But they are missionaries first. They are the most incredible men I've ever met. And I will be eternally grateful for you and for the leaders that you are. And then we have <laughs> these other brothers in Christ that are also leaders. We can, we can spread Jesus to every single person that we meet, regardless of what country that we're in. This trip for most of the team was about the Holy Spirit. For me, it was about love. If you love people and you just experience them, there are no boundaries. The language doesn't matter. The culture doesn't matter because the Lord comes down and breaks any of those barriers that we create. It is about loving people. There's so much that we can do in our own town. There's so many ways that we can change. And the more uncomfortable you are, because India was the most uncomfortable, miserable situation I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> and it humbled me greatly, and I will forever be changed thanks to India. But it was the greatest growth I had on that trip because it was the people and it was the love that I experienced with those people that I've never experienced before in my life. Because I literally had to shut out every single barrier there was to where all there was was people and Jesus. And the most amazing things happened within me and within my experience with the Holy Spirit. So we need to drop the barriers. You know, I was asking Pastor Willie, would it be weird if Daniel and I came and sat in the Spanish congregation? Because after this trip, I want to experience as many different cultures and as many different brothers and sisters in Christ as I can. He's like, no, that wouldn't be weird at all. So I think that that's what we could start doing in our own church is just intermingling more. We're all exactly the same. We are all children under God, which means we are all family. There are no barriers. We just have to let that go and just love. For me, the highlight of my trip was the children. The children and the teenagers and the baby goats. I can't forget the baby goats. Pastor Prim's dad, the most amazing, joyful man you'll ever meet. He loved the animals and he let me hold the baby goats and that was just amazing. But the children, when you give to this church, you're giving to everything that you just saw up there. You're changing those people's lives. They literally have concrete floors. Half of them don't have running water. They don't have electricity. We are so spoiled here. And you have to remember that you are part of a church that is changing those people's lives, which are changing a nation. There is a generation of children being raised right now that is going to change the face of India and Nepal. They are changing those countries. 
So we need to do whatever we can to support them. The pig farm, believe it or not, I felt God's presence all over that place. It was amazing. So not only that, we need to give more to the pig farm. But just remember, global river, global. There's no walls here. There's no walls. We are part of a nation of something incredible. And just thank you. Thank you. One of the things that some of our pastors shared, if you saw the conference in Nepal, some of them live on a dollar a day, and um, they had never been to a conference. We've grown so fast. Half of them we met for the first time. And so they had never been to a conference. We paid $3 a meal for vegetarian and rice, $4 for a meat meal and tea and a biscuit for a full conference hall, sound system, three meals, tea and biscuit, it was $17.49 a person. You can even buy a latte practically in the United States for that, right? And so they had said, listen, we have never been to anything like this, and we thank you so much. We went to a buffet at a hotel with leaders who taught us. Just humbles you. Amen. This is my fourth Fourth time in, in Nepal, I think. Or third, I don't remember. I thank you. Really, really thank you for the prayers. Uh, and, this, and a trip from uh, Kathmandu to whatever, Bishop Water, that's, that's what it is. The bus drive, the bus ride is amazing. And uh, it was driving at nighttime and uh, the traffic and the chaotic road. Twice, we, I mean, the only way I can describe it is the prayers being answered. Because twice, we are so close to Hiram Collision. One time was with a truck, and everybody was sleeping. I was sitting kind of in the front. And I'm telling you, I don't know how we didn't just collide with a truck. Head on. And I was like, what, what, what? The second time, Abednego was, uh, was awake, and uh, it was uh, with another buzz. And he stood up screaming in their language, whatever he was saying. And, and then I said, what do you say? What, what were you saying to the guy? And he was like, I just say, watch, 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 watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, for me, is not a highlight of the whole thing, but... That is just to say to you, thank you for your prayers was answered. We were on the verge of or having a terrible, we saw so many accidents. But thank God that he spared our lives from those accidents. Uh, many times, many times we go to those third world countries, somebody gets sick. This time, nobody really got any sickness. You know, maybe, maybe just a little bit, but nothing really to complain about it. It was wonderful. One of, you know, it was a lot of things that we saw, and I know that some of the guys are here uh, being the first time gone, but one of the, my highlights is to see that you really can hug people. You really, is against the culture or against the law, whatever that is. You can't really hug them, but I'm telling you, when you hug somebody, it just breaks loose. It's, it's, like, it's like something breaks. 
and there was a time in the, one of the churches that I, somebody was crying there, and I felt so strong. I don't know, I guess Alicia was very tired, and she was kind of in the back. But I felt that she needed to hug somebody. And I say, come on, you need to hug this person. You need to hug this girl. And she came down and went, and I'm telling you, that girl, it was, she was crying when Alicia started hugging her. And I felt in me, Alicia, you like a honeycomb to the bees. You know, when you hug these girls, they just so attract to you. It was so a blessing for me to see that. So I, I, like she says, you know, if, if you are guys to have the opportunity to go, and not everybody can be able to go, we, we know that. We cannot take the whole team. I mean, lots of people is not good. <laughs> I have to cook for everybody. So, <laughs> uh, but if you're able to go or send someone, I can tell you that your money is being well expended in those countries. They, 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 their money has been used. You've been sowing money in the kingdom of the Lord. And these people are going to places that we are not capable of going. They are taking the gospel to the mountains and the uttermost because of your contribution. So I, I pray and I really want us to give you a hands of applause for your prayer and for what you have done for these people. Okay? So this is for you. And we thank you, really, really thank you for what you have done, for the money that you send, for the, your, your offerings, your tithing, whatever you do. I'm telling you, not because I'm a pastor of this church, your money is being well spent for the kingdom of God. I have seen it. I was there. So you keep going because we will get blessed. Amen. Send your tea. <laughs> And I want to thank, personally thank uh, all of you, but uh, especially the, my Spanish congregation. They went, to, they went to receive us in the airport with a lot of shout. So thank you. Gracias, gracias. Muchísimas gracias. Mi corazón está con ustedes. Mi corazón está con la iglesia hispana. Y para mí fue un honor y en verdad un gozo verlo a todos y... Veo que mi iglesia está creciendo. I think, yo creo que tengo que irme más tiempo para que mi esposa siga predicando, ¿no? Para que la iglesia crezca. <laughs> sí, señor. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, first of all, I want to say it's an honor because um, I'm from Raleigh. And um, what's up? Um, but I definitely have a, a, just a history with Global River, and I feel like family and at home here. And uh, just so thank you all for inviting me to come along on this trip. Um, this wasn't my first time to the nations. I've been to the nations quite a few times. Um, it was my second time to India. Um, that was the first nation God really called me to, and it's really like a first love nation for me. Um, raise your hand if you know what unreached people groups are. Like if you have ever heard of that word. Yeah, unreached people groups. And so what unreached means is that there's less than 2 to 5% of that country is actually has some form of evangelical witness or church presence within that country. And so India happens to be the number one country um, that has the highest population density of unreached people groups. So that means that less than 2 to 5% of a lot of the places that 
you know, you are planting churches through your contributions, through sending missionaries, are actually going to further the gospel, which is the dream and the desire of Jesus' heart in the Great Commission. He says that I want all people to be saved. I want them to have a, a um, an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so that's why he's sending missionaries to these places. And so you are actually partnering with the dream and the Father's heart, you know, and, and, and that's praiseworthy. You know, and I was asking Pastor Tom, like, how many people are here at the church, you know, and, and, and I'm looking at this congregation right now, and, and I'm seeing the global impact that you actually have around the world in Nepal and in India. You know, there, there aren't a lot of people that go to these nations and do the work that actually is accomplished in reaching unreached people groups, and, and you're doing that. And so that's, that's, yeah, you can clap for that, you know. So you're having a major impact. Um, yeah, so um, I guess I'll share. Um, my heart was for the youth. I work with a lot of youth and young adults at the Wildfire School here where Sarah's repping. Come on, boom. Um, I love that. My heart is for the youth and young adults. Um, India is actually the second uh, highest population of millennials. China is one of those U.S. has one of the highest populations, so they're top five nations for like youth and young adults um, in the world. And so while we were there, my heart was really getting touched with what God was doing amongst the youth. You know, seeing the treasures and the orphanages and things like that. These these children who are getting set on fire for Jesus, whose hearts are burning with passion for Him. And it really is, um, I think God is setting up for a great wave of revival to sweep through these nations. And so while I was there, I was just praying, like, God, would you open up a door, an opportunity for youth and young adults, you know, for us to be able to connect with them there. Um, and I'm still praying into that of what it looks like. But I really feel that there are some major doors that could potentially be opened in the future to send you know, our youth and young adults there to be able to encourage the youth and young adults who are there, who are burning for Jesus in these nations. And so I just want to share this last story and I'll pass it off. Uh, and I don't even think I've shared this with the team. As we were leaving Nepal, um, we were in a hotel and uh, I connected with, um, man, some, some of the kids in Nepal, um, you know, in Pastor Prim's uh, place. And I really felt like there was just a, a, a prophetic anointing on them for worship. And, and, and man, in Isaiah 61, it says that God is going to cause praise and righteousness to spring forth from the nations, you know. And, and I, I was seeing that literally happen before my eyes as I'm seeing them worship the Father. And so it's happening, you know. And so I feel that, one, as Global River, I feel that the nations are your inheritance, you know, it says in Matthew 6, it says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You know, and don't store up treasures where, like, stuff can destroy it or thieves can steal it. But what you're doing is depositing into things that are eternal, and they're called eternal rewards. Um, and so, uh, but anyway, what Jesus was touching my heart with in Nepal was really connecting it with the youth there. And as we were leaving the airport, or not the airport, but the hotel, like, I, I literally had to walk away from the team, and, you know, and Pastor Tom says, like, I don't show emotion a lot of the times, but, like, sometimes it's like you connect with the Father's heart, and he just touches you, and as I was praying this morning, I started bawling and just weeping, and, like, 
because I know what God is doing in the nations, and I know what he's doing with youth and young adults in the nations, and I know that somehow this church is going to connect with that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and so my, even my prayer for you guys is that, like, youth and young adults will be raised up here to be missionaries sent out to the nations. You know, I really believe it's going to happen. Like, for me personally, like, I'm a kid from a really small town. And, like, God took me and completely transformed my life. And I really came from not a lot of wealth or anything like that. And I know there's people in this audience in here right now that, like, you don't know how you're going to make it or how God could send you. But if he can send me, he can send anybody. And so... Yeah, Jesus is fully worthy, you know, and so, and, and his heart is for these kids, and this happens every time I start thinking about them, and so I know he's doing something major, and so I just want to say thank you all um, for that, and um, yeah, I have a video of the kids um, in Nepal, and you know, one of the things they said, they were like, you know, come visit Nepal, please. Like, don't forget about us. We love you all. You know, he says, we love you all. And and one of the things I, I asked, I feel like Mike Thornton was saying, you know, he gave a word about the youth revival. He feels like it's going to take place there. And I fully believe that. And I also believe that, you know, one of the Lord was marking my heart. But I just asked that, man, like, you know, it doesn't wane after about two weeks or even a month that this will be a lasting thing that will impact our lives. So, yeah. This trip was really hard for me, guys. Um, I went in 2010 and about lost my life. I got a parasite and I got really sick. And I was given 48 hours to live. And I, I was just really in a hard place. And um, this trip, man, I did not want to go. I, but I knew, I knew when God gave me the dream about Michael that I was supposed to go. And I fought with it. I was like, God, this is hard. This is really hard. And the first trip, Pastor Tom and I had some problems. We went through some problems. And as a leader, I did not honor him like I was supposed to. And I felt like the Lord punished me with the parasite. And um, this trip, though, really has changed my life. It's really made me take a step back and look at what's important in life. And the most important thing is that we obey God. We've got to obey what the Lord tells us. No matter if we don't feel it, we have to obey him. And... I, I just want to publicly say to everybody that I love this man and I honor him with everything that's in me. And I thank him for trusting me again 
to carry me back on this trip? Without a doubt, he said yes. When I said to him I needed to go, he said yes. And, and I just want to thank all of you, my wife, for praying. Because I know it was hard for you. But you said go. And, and I just want to thank all of y'all for praying for me. And know that whatever God says to do, he's going to protect you. He's going to see you through it. I promise you that he will. And I love you all. Thank you. honest. I also struggle with going on the trip. I declined to go three years ago, but when I knew, when Pastor Tom asked me to go on this time, I knew it was the Lord that I had to go. And the reason why I was struggling to go on this trip is I had a battle. And the battle that I had was twofold. And one was I had been battling a fear of flying in planes and a fear of heights I have flown all times before, but in the last couple of years, it really has bothered me every time I would fly. And, and I just would battle that thing over and over. And the other part was, in part of that fear, I kept fearing that, like, I would die in a plane crash. And not even that I would die, but it was like the greatest fear was that I would leave Amber alone with all of our five kids and that, she, you know, she wouldn't make it. And... I mean, I checked every door there is to check. I forgave everybody there is to forgive, including myself. I mean, I went down to everything. But it's a lot deeper than that. And so when we got there, that was one thing. But when we went on that Jeep ride. And I mean a mountain, like not just a mountain, but like mountains to get to the mountain. <laughs> I was, it was so set up by God. I was set in the, the second Jeep. Pretty much the whole team was in the first Jeep. And I was with all the girls from the orphanage. <laughs> they had, I was in the front seat. And I was like, man. And they were like, it's six hours. Willie's like, there's no road. You could just look straight off and fall right down. And I'm like, man. You know, and I'm not telling anybody. I'm battling this thing. And I don't want to go. I call Amber in the morning. She's like, something's wrong. And I'm like, just pray. So I'm in that Jeep, and we start trekking up that mountain. And it had to be God because these little girls had a USB port with songs, half of them in Nepali, and the other half they put in English. And so it was, our car was blasting with worship the whole time. And as that Jeep went up those hills and up those roads, I mean, my body, I mean, I was shivering with fear. Like at any moment, I felt that the truck was going to fall off. When he, when he pushed to the side, I was putting all my body weight on the driver. It's like, it's like putting it over here. I didn't care if it worked or not. It made me feel better. And about halfway up, I mean, it just got up like paralyzing, overwhelming. And I knew it was spiritual. I knew it was spiritual. And then all of a sudden, the presence of God <laughs> fell in that Jeep. 
And these girls started singing in English the song on the radio. And it was a simple song. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And I cried. And I was like, I couldn't let them see. I was just crying. And it was like they're singing their hearts out in worship. And I'm looking back, and they have no fear on their face. They're clapping. They're like, hallelujah. Like they're going crazy. And meanwhile, we're like getting ready to plunge to our death. And God spoke to me in that moment. And he said, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. And sometimes you have to go in that valley of fear in order to see Jesus in a way you can never see him. And he stepped into the lives of those little girls in that back Jeep. And God himself almighty was with me in that car. And I began to let go. And I said, God, if I die, I die. But my life belongs to you. Come on. Woo. And so, and then you heard all the other great things. But me personally... I died. I actually died on that mountain. I died on that mountain. Matter of fact, I know so that I died. That night I had a dream that my, I saw my tombstone at my father's house. I called Amber up when we got off the mountain before I said anything, and she goes, I had a dream about you last night. I said, what was the dream? Me and you both died, and we saw our tombstones. I was like, wow. So this is like the spiritual death. You know, to go deeper to the Lord. So I just want to encourage you. Man, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which I believe is our greatest fears, he, Jesus leads us to them. But he walks with us through those valleys. And he brings us victory through the other side. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank everyone here. The prayer, the covering. Pastor Tom was amazing. And of course, my wife. Thank you, Amber. Well, I know we got to get our kids because I want to not abuse our care workers. But um, if you need to slip out, go ahead and do that. Uh, what I'd like to do is um, there's something about impartation in the going. If, uh, if you would like the heart of God for nations... I'd like you to line up, just form a line, shoulder to shoulder. We're going to have the team go to you. Just line up along the back walls of the church. We're going to have half the team go over this side, half the team over this side. Uh, let's also put a couple here in the center. We're just, it'll be quick, but there's something about um, the laying on of hands. God's heart is for the nations. And so we want to ask that God would impart to you the heart of God for the nations. That may look like you adopt a pastor, you know, $30 a month. You adopt one of the children and just give of your heart and soul. What I suggest you do is you pay your tithe and you give an offering. And if you don't have enough money for that, pair up with somebody else. For $35, we take care of children that are being raised up, that are being filled with the Holy Spirit. They're going to touch a nation. 
We've done this now long enough to see them going off and being baptized in the Holy Ghost, coming out of college and seeing them touch others. So I want to thank you. Let's all stand. Team, if you'll go to that side, that side, couple down here. And just, I'd like you to touch everyone that's there, that whatever was imparted to us for the hearts of a nation would be imparted to a people that you'd see the heart of God for others. So, Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you right now, Father, that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we'd ever ask or think. Thank you for the glorious presence of touching nations. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Let's put some music on. Thank you all. Don't forget Wednesday night.